That's Welcome to Lickly Lens Podcast! That one We're even back. caught me off guard. I was in the middle of trying to respond to you, and here <laughs> we are. The show has begun, and your sentence will never be completed. It will it not. But you know what is complete? Groups. Mm-hmm. Groups has in- finished. And you know what um, else was completed? What? The TSM Legendary Run. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. You know, the, the, run, the, 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 they, the way that all they the NA teams didn't make it out of groups either? Yeah, oh, but they, at they least bo- they won a couple games. <laughs> but uh-huh. it doesn't matter if you win any games if you don't get out of the group, does it? Um, What's the yes, difference? Moral victor- moral yes, it victor- does. Moral North victor- American... It, let, hey, Mott, hey, 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 you're just glad FlyQuest got a fluke of a victory over TES. Fuck, they actually got it. Hey, I'll take my dubs wherever I can, and apparently you hang can't on, take any dubs because you beat, just gone. You beat Spellbook Ergot. Let that sink mm. in. You beat Spellbook Ergot. And hey, not a single and who'd character you, you beat? play in League. <laughs> not a single character you I didn't have to beat Spellbook Ergot to finish <laughs> you exactly beat, where you but finished. You could, but you could not beat my spellbook or god <laughs> so like don't disrespect the spellbook god that shit's nasty i'll clap mm-hmm. you every way every day of the week bro spellbook or god. <laughs> who's picking spellbook or god out here oh my god me next clash bro no get ready for the bot lane no oh uh, we'll talk about now? that no we'll talk about that next time but we got to go all the way back up to a guys start with the alphabet there's no particular order but for groups we got to go with it <laughs> all right group a you got tl machi g2 and sunning not in that order mm-hmm. all right oh so i'm real mad at tl right now okay. because had they beat machi or g2 a second time, they'd be out of this group. So mad about this. Mm. All right. One of two games that they have proven they are able to beat both of these teams on, they needed to win, and they couldn't do it. I think the Machi loss was the biggest problem. Absolutely. Um... I think that uh, TL, the TL versus G2 Esports matchup that happened, it was like two different games, right? The first one we saw uh, TL performing at a peak performance. The next week, <laughs> G2, there wasn't anything that Team Liquid could have done. It looked like Yankos was top lane and bot lane at the same time. There were no leads that were going anywhere. It looked like Team Liquid was just getting curb stomped by G2 the entire game. It wasn't a great showing. It's whatever, all right? Them losing to uh, Machi the first time really did screw the pooch. They shouldn't have lost to them in that first week. The second week, they were able to prove that, yeah, we can beat them. And because of that, they just didn't get a fighting chance (laughs) anymore in the groups. That's the unfortunate part. Team Liquid, Bull W. That's all my analysis. Uh, Everyone's Mm -hmm. focusing on Broxa for this team. And I'm just sitting here looking at Jensen and thinking of all the times he's just he's just not been good enough. In NA alone, he's not been good enough so many times. And the only Do you mean time what? Over his career or like with this team this split? Over over his career. Because like the only time he's been able to win 
is when he joined TL after having win two back-to-back splits, and and now they just keep winning because nobody else has enough players to keep up with them because they have top three players in every position, and even if they have Jensen, who really seems to choke under pressure in big moments, it, it, they were able to close it out with Double Lift Impact, uh, X Smithy, and Core JJ. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know... I, I feel like Jensen's actually the problem with this team and not Broxo, like everyone seems to think. Mm, I, I'd i have to agree. Uh, only because his week one performance, losing to Mission, um, put TL behind. Um, and leading into week two, it just didn't really have stand-up performances. Tactical, also, I think, Lulu I love Lulu Top sucks. Lulu is good Lulu in specific bangs. hands. There's only certain players here who can acceptedly play uh, Lulu Top. So when you not say impact. certain players here, do you mean in NA or in this call or where? <laughs> like... uh, within the world's performance, there are certain players who have proven that they can play Lulu Top and that they can play it effectively. Impact is not that player. Impact is not that player. <laughs> Don't just have him bring it off rip, all right? I would have preferred a singed. <laughs> I mean, Lulu doesn't even yeah. seem like... When I think Impact, I'm not thinking like, Lulu top, dude. Like, that's <laughs> not my... That's not even like top five things I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of Impact picks. It was very uh, peculiar to me. It was something that they kind of pulled off rip. It's something that appeared in the tournament and it's something that they wanted to adapt to. It was... Yeah, however, there's some things that are meta that will appear that you just can't use because you just don't have the practice on it. Impact's great on tanks. Love his Mordekaiser. Love um, most of his other champions. I'd even take his Ornn. Uh, actually, I would definitely take his Ornn, but Lulu Top, that's, that's not it. We go as deep as Singed, not Lulu. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm honestly impact. surprised that some top laners aren't trying to, like, pocket-pick stupid shit. Because I feel like you can make that work and just absolutely shatter the enemy team comp with something like Singed. Like, what the fuck are you going to do if Singed gets off the ground and starts proxying in your base? You're just going to have to give up Drakes. And that, honestly, if my top laner goes up 40 CS on two laners and gets Drake, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. I mean, yes, but also, no, because a lot of people are very focused on the early game here. You're going to be relying on that cinch to get some sort of early lead. And you're also going to be relying yeah, on all the other teams the to be like... Nexus, bro. Easy. <laughs> Level one in base. It's not a grief. It's a strat. <laughs> Somebody's never been uh, proxied by cinch and just sat there while your jungler sits on bread buff doing nothing. Yeah, the problem is, is the fucking world's uh, jungler is probably not going to sit there and do nothing. Um, yep. <laughs> Stop poking holes in my plan. Okay, all you right. You guys are Move. probably just going to die if right. maybe you bring the mid laner or something and then Singed dies 50 times. Or you try to dive Singed and it's Dyrus and he spams laugh. <laughs> Why right. you gotta go all the way to Dyrus? Because That's I just love... Wasn't he on Dyrus when he spammed laugh when he got dove on Singed or something? I remember he got, like, in trouble. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. man. All so, of my memories are at Dyer's dying. Anyhow. I was talking about when he lived, bro. Let's talk about G2 and Sunning real quick before we move on to the next group. Uh, I feel like G2's been playing a lot more standard 
and they mm-hmm. haven't been pulling out too many wacky picks. Uh, and but at the same time, they haven't been able to do those absolutely stupid macro plays that they would just pull out of nowhere and just end up winning the game with. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, it's not working. But they in their last game versus Sunning, they lost to Ignite Camille. Do you know how bad you have to be to lose to Camille without Flash? Oh, I for- wait. I oh. forgot that it was dude in my head. I was like, yeah, well, it was Flash Ignite, and then I remembered. <laughs> I had flat. I had blocked it from my memory that it was a flashless Camille. Why would you remind me? Because I, I don't know why you're not killing it with your graves and, and you're rejected. Just fucking kill her over and over again. Well, she's got her E that I think is the wall jump. That's basically a flash. <laughs> sure thing. I wasn't, wait. I wasn't being serious. Heymont did not notice this. Heymont doesn't game remember this. I'm looking my guy at it is, now. <laughs> my guy is like, no, I I must need glasses because I'm seeing a red fireball where a, a yellow jump should be. Uh, but Monty, I got news for you. It's not your eyes. You can take the glasses off. You can back up from the camera. They just they just ran it. They just uh, gassed. Wow. All right. Sunning goes. Okay. I mean, SOFM pulled out the Jarvin that game, and you know he's also the one who pulled out Tank Lee Sin again. So get, I guess, go go dumb, well, stupid, and goofy. T- They're Tank able to Lee do Sin it. Tank Lee Sin is is his thing, though. That's like how he plays Lee Sin. He doesn't play him mm-hmm. to to it's initiate also not like, kills. He plays as it's protector. also not dog shit. To be it's not fair, that it's a good like, fallback. I want you to say it's terrible if you can't make the plays, but this no. is a player who actually no, no, no. can do. No, but, but you Lee don't Sin, need to make the even, plays with it. But hey, man, mm-hmm. Bruiser and Assassin Lee Sin are also really, really bad if you can't make the plays, and then you don't even have a front line. Like then you just have a dude who's dying in two hits, getting nothing done. I, I think this build has a lower top end, but a much more mm-hmm. consistent average. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not. It, it's much more useful, to be honest, if you just play a raw supportive tank jungler and play around your AD carry in top lane mm-hmm. uh, instead of trying to be assassin or heavy dive Lee Sin. You can just play mid-range Lee Sin, hover between the enemy team and your carries, and then just fall back to your carries if there's no opening and you get engaged on. Mm-hmm. Survives a lot longer. It also lets your AD carry survive a lot longer because of Knight's Vow. And I, yep. I honestly like it a lot more. I've been, I need to get Dion to play this instead of whatever crazy... Dion is not going to play that. <laughs> Dion will not play that. You absolutely know he is not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, My man won't pick Sejuani when Sejuani is like the most meta pick. He's he not... Sejuani. That's how we won! <laughs> Sometimes he picks it, but he always... He doesn't like it. <laughs> no. Okay. Moving on. The G2 and Sunning games have been wonderful to watch the entire Group A. Even if I didn't notice at first that Ignite was on that top lane Because this last game was a 23-minute stomp for Sunning. The last game? I believe in the tiebreaker. Where they were going for first. Yeah, but the tiebreaker was even worse. The tiebreaker was like, oh, G2's got a lead. G2's got a lead. G2's got a lead. Oh, Gangplank hit a barrel. We won the game off of that. That no, was hype for me. The tiebreaker was G2 just trying to pull something out of nothing and getting destroyed. They didn't they didn't have a gold lead 
from 12 minutes. From 12 minutes on, it's all Sunning's gold lead. And they didn't fall mm. below a 3k gold lead from 16 minutes. Ah, yes. But then in the mid-game, it looked like G2 was actually ahead at one point, having that giant stacked Scion and actually being able to team fight. They even had the elder position, and then all of a sudden just been out of nowhere, hit a barrel right there on three people so, to end the game. That was there, phenomenal. <laughs> there is a small controversy around that play. The place mm -hmm. where they're standing is exactly where a blast cone spawns. There's currently a bug with Umbral Glaive, where if you proc Umbral Glaive and then kill a plant, it will infinitely despawn the plant. The plant will not come back. Huh. Oh, that's So that bug bad. affected that blast cone. Now, mm. it is questionable whether or not somebody would have cleared that blast cone before that fight or not, but it does mean that that game is theoretically questionable. I still think Gangplank blows the fuck out of them, though. There ain't no way Gangplank gets, gets, doesn't kill two people there. That just happens. Um, Maybe another person makes it out. So we have to, so we have to replay the whole fucking group. Whole worlds, redo it. We, we, we also, but we, we also, wait, 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 wait. We also, if we're doing that, we have to also redo the fucking uh, LCS finals and semis, and you know, make sure the right teams go. This no, no, no. Time. We're helping TSM, <laughs> not Cloud Nine. Sit down. Why? Hey, why not both? <laughs> why not help both? Because we can't help both if we don't go back to the beginning. Help Don't both worry. and hurt FlyQuest. Easy. We win. Haymont loses the best of all possible war. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no. You're acting like TL's gonna make it over Fly. <laughs> yes. In that replay. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Anyway. Lack of faith. Yes, quite literally, yes. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm done talking about this. <laughs> this possible <laughs> future. Which means on to group B? Perhaps. Yes. On to group uh, B. Uh, oh. Hold on. This okay, group B, also... you got PSG, you got Damn One, you got Rogue, and you got JD Gaming. Mm -hmm. Why are they called JD Once... Gaming? I have absolutely no clue. But I do have to say, I also enjoyed the group B games as well. There's a lot of fun shenanigans going on. First of all, PSG talent. Uh, even though they did have to sub in their mid and jungle, and you know, they've uh, been subbing in a lot of players. They only got a two and four scoreline, but they really were resilient during most of their games. It's just that they didn't seem to have a knowledge of how to make macro decisions. That's really the end that they really lost out on. Even in uh, fights where there was skirmishing throughout their games, they would all just lose a tower on the other side because they weren't managing waves properly and someone was split pushing, right? But honestly, I'm still very happy with how they performed. They were able to take it one for one. I was even able to see, I believe there was one time their mid laner tank had solo killed um, JD Gaming's mid laner. I'm blanking on his name right now, right? But... Yagao. Yagao, yep. Still oh a God. pleasant surprise. <laughs> Watching a gal play Zoe, it, it, it terrified me. That dude was just, like, scripting. I have no idea how he landed all of that bullshit, but he landed it and killed, like, four people by himself. Oh, my okay. God, was that disgusting. 
I'm sorry, I misremembered uh, who he was facing against. It was actually Tank in uh, the Damwon gaming game. Uh, he had uh, solo killed uh, Showmaker early on in the match. That's I'm sorry about that one. To take the wind out of your sails right there, Anthony. But also, yeah, your gal's also crazy. <laughs> oh. I I guess watching JDG and Damwon was actually pretty entertaining, but uh, I don't know. I think PSG really let me down because they had to swap out those two players, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wanted more from Rogue and PSG, and they just really didn't give it to me. Yeah, I think Rogue gave me everything that I wanted. I I just can't fucking believe PSG beat JD Gaming. Like, what the yeah. hell? Why does this happen? Because the PSG is still resilient, and I do love them for it. But more importantly, I do want to go over the moments that Rogue gave me. Because there was a wonderful time uh, when Captain My Captain Flowers had been watching after a team fight that happened between Rogue and JD Gaming, uh, made a note of exactly 36 damage that was done by Oriana. <laughs> Larson's Oriana in the middle of the game, and when she went, what? Where did that come from? That's not even 70 damage. That's not an auto attack. In which five minutes later, Kobe just chimed in afterwards saying, oh, I think I found your problem. That's an ardent sensor on the Oriana mid lane. <laughs> that's why he did so little. Oh, it was a great back Wait, and but forth. I, on, that's he should insane. still do more than 36 damage. Yeah, that should actually be more than that. I don't, that has to be a bug. <laughs> Because there's no ability he has that will do that little damage unless he only hit the tank with the swing back. Perhaps. This That's wasn't a the fight only in... world in which that happens. That might make sense because this was literally, he got eliminated right at the beginning of that fight. That... I, it's, I <laughs> so still it's believable. It. I, I still doubt he gets eliminated like that and only does 36 damage. 36 damage is a very, very small amount of damage, Heyman. I think you know this. Like, like, like you know that this. is, I That's had Sunfire on you of. for a tick. That and this is, is like, like one tick of Sunfire. Like, Mid-late no game. <laughs> this was like a mid-late game Oriana. There, there has to have been something wrong there. Because think, that's like... I think the time track was off. I think like the duration of where they triggered the beginning and end of the damage tracking, that was that was probably pr- different. Still noting the Ardent Sensor on the Oriana mid, great time. Yeah, I, I don't understand the Oriana support build. I don't get it. Was, it. Yeah. Let's get Ben to try it. Enable the no. shit out of you. Lulu top, me on Thresh, Ben on support, Ori, the game is in your hands. Pick Dion Gindred, we're carrying. <laughs> the reason why they were just like alright we're gonna give Han Sama all of the attention this game and give him the Arden Sensor and that's not Don't... was he playing Senna? he was playing Callista. Callista? that makes more sense okay. yes the on hit 80 carry so yeah you know it, it, it makes more sense this is not an on hit 80 carry that's true damn I don't think a passive procs with um Rageblade Okay. Okay, here it is. Oh god, you went tier? I just- where did that damage come from? 
<laughs> oh, you found the exact moment? I found the- no, I found the game, but I'm just looking at everything. Yeah, there's no way he only did 36 damage. He did 11k that entire game. Or sorry, 14k that entire game. No way. Absolutely no and way. And 37 of that was in one instant. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't totally disagree with this build, but he is their only form of uh, AP damage. Because their other magic damage source is Orn. Guess who doesn't deal what? good good amounts of magic damage? Mm. Orn. I don't know. This feels like a leading question. It is. I already answered it. <laughs> Orianna still dealt more damage than Orn did that game. So it's like, I, I just... I don't know. I, I don't like it when people don't fucking properly spec their team comps because it's so easy it's so simple to properly spec a team comp in terms of damage tank and uh damage type like it's so simple but for some reason like if you had taken eve in the jungle or elise in the jungle or wh who else is ap and good in the jungle right now i don't know or you take your tank Lilia. in the jungle and you put new, the, new. Like, someone else top no uh, Lilia, yeah, you could have picked Lilia, but I think AP, Lilia, new, she was new. not banned. They could have gone with Lilia in the jungle Cleanse and then played Ghost the new, support. new. Because they have Pantheon support, so in theory, you have enough AD with Pantheon support and Callista. But to be honest, running Callista with Pantheon support just seems bad. I hate that. Like, the whole point of Pantheon is that he dives in, picks a target, and kills them. But if you're pulling him back out, he doesn't get to do all of his damage, and and he doesn't get to use his E to block follow up. I don't. Oh, I just. Man. I que I question this whole team comp and their decision making around it. Like I don't even. I don't think the the Oriana build was bad if they had per built their team comp better, but they just didn't. I will say they did have a lead most of that game. They just fumbled it in the mid game. Uh, they had a lead the until 14 minutes. The lead was um, 600 gold. It was... I was actually enjoying how they were putting down um, JD's jungler. Hang on, I Kanabi. really don't know why you thought they had a lead that game. They didn't get a tower until... Uh, where the fuck see, did they... Yeah, until 14, was, after 14 minutes. See, the thing was that... Um, they had stolen uh, Kanavi's red, and then Kanavi had tried to make an invade onto Rogue's bottom side to go steal their red, in which uh, Vander had uh, been there on time and went one for one. And that was hype. And I enjoyed that bit of it. But they never were really able to make like good macro decisions or like push their lead enough to actually make it matter. Which was the unfortunate part but the early game like right in those like first three minutes it was great <laughs> also the silas was punished on his first game so i'm not getting away with that jungle pick all right so uh the teams that made it out of here are damn one and jd gaming um, I think everyone is basically terrified of Damwon walking out mm -hmm. of this group because Damwon looked fucking crazy. Damwon were demolishing people. Mm -hmm. I think th the only team in this group that made them sweat even a little bit was JD Gaming. And they did manage to take one game off of them. Uh, 
Wait, did, did that trigger a tiebreaker? No. Why didn't that trigger a tiebreaker? I didn't want to JD, Oh, JD lost another game to PSG. That's why. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, um, so those are the teams that got out of this group. Uh, what do we think about Dam One? Um, their entire roster actually looks very solid. Ghost and Barrel, you've seen them perform. Showmaker, he can also play stable mid laners, but has those assassins in his back pocket. Canyon's been really smart about his jungling. He was the first one who exposed that uh, JD Gaming's uh, Kanavi, who was uh, the hype jungler that was coming into this uh, into this groups, or for JD Gaming, uh, that he can be put behind very far in the early game. And Nuggery, of course, brought out those interesting Lulu picks. Um, I believe he also... Oh, no. I may have it wrong. Um, was it Nogari or was it Doran who brought out the cannons? I believe it was Doran who brought out the cannons. I might be wrong about that. Um, you can check beyond that one. But he's a very stable top laner. So I've been... like To me, Canyon has been a big standout for this team. He seems to mm-hmm. be... I don't know, like their best player and is just absolutely dominating his opponents most of the time. Uh, like even in the matchup against uh, JDG where they lost, he just looks so strong, and it looks like it looks like he has a great and a, a really good grasp on the uh, jungle meta at the moment. Like, let me check his gold graph real quick by comparison to Lolia's in that game, and he he's almost always ahead of Lilia, even though his team is behind. There's, like, a few small instances where Lilia's ahead, but he got right back ahead, even to the end of the game after they lose. Like, that, that's amazing to me that he's, he was able to do that. He also built the Zonyas. <laughs> he didn't build the Zonyas. He was fucking out with his items at the end, so he didn't die. Oh, man. Yeah. I'd agree. Canyon's really the standout performer on this team. Matt, what do you think about G- uh, Dam1 Gaming? Uh, I think that they're scary as shit. <laughs> they play very, very well. And I mean, like, I don't know. I don't... Maybe it's just because I'm intimidated by their uh, alpha play, but I don't really remember a huge amount of, like, um, or even like a, a medium amount of like uh, micro or macro game mistakes, right? You know, probably a bunch of micro game because people just fuck up sometimes. But like, in, in terms of their macro, they seem like fairly solid. Like all the time, they know what they're doing. They have good drafts, and they just fucking roll people. So like, that's hard to deal with because you just have to beat them by being better than them, and it doesn't look like there are too many people who are better than them at the moment. Oh no, no, it does not. All right, Lizumon talking about Group C. We got Fnatic, JD, uh, J, JD, uh, JGD, or sorry, LGD. I can't work. Bro, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm dyslexic. No, he's getting uh, a little choked up. That's what's Shen-G happening. Genji and TSM. Let's go. <laughs> you want to start, Anthony? You want to start from the bottom to the top on this one? Yeah, I think uh, LGD actually really overperformed walking into this group. Coming out of play-ins, uh, I think everyone kind of expected them to really shit the bed. But uh, they they kind of showed not. they kind of showed that they I don't, I don't know what the fuck they were doing during play-ins like honestly no fucking clue. 
But they showed that the players wasn't really indicative of their actual performance or skill level. And I think that was pretty pretty good for them. But they still didn't make it out of this group. And I still kind of question some of their decision-making along the way. Mm-hmm. What about the other team that didn't make it out? What happened to that one? Hey, Ma, what do you what do you think about uh, LGD? No, no, no. Sorry, Anthony. I think you're skipping an important uh, part hey, of the Ma, show. Hey, what do you think about LGD? <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, they did pretty well. And now I'm going to talk about the other I team. I think they're that better than out. TSM. I don't know, they, Anthony, what do you think? What do you think about that? <laughs> what? What happened? Oh, as soon as they go 06, as soon as they go 06, my man forgets the name of his team. <laughs> A fake ass fan out here, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh no, dude! This is the opposite anyway, of the bandwagon. Why don't you just Why don't you just talk, and then hopefully you and I talking about how bad they did will at some point enrage him enough to join us. Okay, uh, we're not gonna talk about them and their losses because those those were just bad. What we're gonna Ooh, talk TSM? about is yes, actually, we're talk about their wins. Let me correct that. Let's not talk about the ones where they were losing in the early game because they were all losses. I'm yeah, I sorry that say... I misspoke on that. <laughs> that one is a roast. Anthony, this is the sleeper strat of being an NA fan. If your team doesn't get to Worlds and you're on this podcast, you don't have to have this this talk of shame twice. <laughs> Only one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen the second time. And, because um, they never got there. In the first place. And, um, what is it? They brought out the Zillion twice. In the first week against Genji, didn't have that much impact. They brought it out the second time, I believe, it was against Fnatic. And honestly, on this day, it looked like just watching the first game, they were asleep and they slowly woke up. And it never amounted to anything anyway. Um, it's surprising, though, because Zillion is, like, consistently one of <clears throat> his best picks. Like, he's... He's truly actually crazy at Zillion. And so to have him pull out the Zillion and have it not feel especially impactful, you know, it's like, well, dang, what happened? Are these teams just like leveled up? Are these, uh, was it just like poor play in these couple of games? Like, because usually when I, when I see that Zillion come out, I'm expecting like a pretty nutty performance on the whole. Mm -hmm. It was the first week um, when it was brought out, it was against Genji. And TSM had fully invested in bringing out Broken Blade and Spica doing the top side jungle, right? Really favoring that. And Genji had done the opposite. Instead, they were uh, letting Ruler farm up, making sure that he was safe and letting him carry. Uh, and then when it turned out into the mid game fights, you know, we have this full investment in Broken Blade and then we have this full investment in Ruler. It turns out investing in ruler, world class top lane, uh, world class bot laner, will definitely help you win games, and that's how Genji managed to cinch the first one. Um, let me remember correctly. Who had he brought out the zillion against in the second week? Oriana. That's what I'm not recalling currently. Oriana. Um. What? Oriana. He said it twice, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at I'm the miss- matches. Oriana, the ball champion, the shield, the sombrero ults. Come on, you know this. What? He brought out... Uh, let me see. The first one was Galio. The next one was Lucian. So the last game of the day was definitely uh, the Zillion. 
He played it against LGD GA. GA was playing Oriana. And if I remember correctly, GA also solo killed him in lane. Um, so not a good. (laughs) XD, by the way. Hmm. What was it? The second game. There was even one game where they were uh, fighting against Fnatic, and no, where they were fighting against LGD, and there was a Baron call that was going on. A Broken Blade TP'd in, and they, everyone except Spika, turned on to LGD. LGD kited it out, and then of course they go back to the Baron, and guess what happened? Spika had to smite early because he was the only one tanking Baron. And literally, LGD Kramer just walked up and autoed it. Here's my. And that question. was in the mid game. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there one game where they like all where like he speaking got like an insane slumber off and everybody just trolled? Same game. Same it was game. against LGD. Yeah. <laughs> and like I actually like I didn't watch this one, but I remember people talking about it at our clash game. Did they mm-hmm. just like because I actually didn't watch this this individual game. Did they literally just like he hit like a fo- like a huge sleep and then the team just decided they weren't gonna fight or like what was the vibe like what happened? They would have had to it blow a like, lot of mobility to get close enough to land it after he lands the sleep. They're, it they're ba- felt like they're basically mm-hmm. by red side Raptors where they all fall asleep okay. and TSM's over by um maybe the second tier fallen turret by no, no, LGD. No. They're running behind that hump right next to that turret. They're like kiting back to there and then he lands the sleep. So they would have had to cross over and burn everything to get them. They're like they're on uh, the ramp not not by the raptors. Also yeah, it was against Genji. It was against Genji? Yes. Okay. Hmm. They had they were winning that game. So, Anthony, are you ready to talk about TSM yet? No. <laughs> are you gonna be? Mm, no. See, I'm actually. Yeah. In my wait, com- wait, wait, hold wait, wait, wait. on. Here's the wait, thing. Wait, no, no, no. Let, let, okay. let me say one thing. I'm actually in my comfort zone. I'm used to this. This is where I like to be. This is how the this, world should be. <laughs> this is how the world should be. TSM going 06 in groups while Anthony secretly. I mean, they didn't make it out of groups. So we're going 3 and 3. What's the difference? <laughs> okay, okay. Fair play, actually. Here's my uh, thing, Anthony, is I actually kind of don't care if you're ready because at some point you're going to have to talk about it, ready or not, and that that time is now. Why don't you deep dive what you think went wrong All right, uh, this uh, week for you? Let's talk about uh, Group D. Uh, Something uh, actually astounding about... Skip C? Oh, we weren't... That was Group C. That was C. Yeah, but Anthony hasn't talked about it yet, so I'm All right, so we're going to talk about Group D. Now, something miraculous has happened here. Um, We all got Group D correct. Can I say one thing about Genji? Sure. Genji's going to win Worlds? Fuck off eSports. No. uh, Genji? Genji. Genji. Yeah, Genji, the... uh, yeah, yeah. The Overwatch uh, hero is going to win Worlds solo, hero class, obviously. (laughs) Anyway, Group D or whatever, because you're scared. Uh, now, right. if I have this correct, we all uh, got this group perfect. I think we actually did, which is crazy. Now, <laughs> I think Haymont got two groups perfect. He got group B and group D perfect. Insane. Haymont, coin flips coming through again in the clutch. <laughs> Woo. The coin flip legend. <laughs> oh, right. man. So, 
this screen, this uh, in this group we got top DRX, FlyQuest, and UOL. Actually, in that order. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, how are we feeling about um, UOL's performance? That's another 06. How'd you feel about TSM's performance? I asked about UOL. Yep, it's the same deal. <laughs> UOL it... did not perform very well. No. <laughs> no, you're right. TSM looked competitive some games. Uh, UOL did not have that same not deal. Not competitive enough! <laughs> <laughs> no. Yep, even in the 06. <laughs> Alright. It wasn't... There was There was sometimes I watched uh, the boss beat Solo, and that was a fun time, but afterwards I, you know, 06. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, UOL didn't really impress me. They looked pretty good in plans. Like, they definitely seem like to be a borderline region at the moment, or at least the team is. Uh, and I think in future, if they can keep up this kind of consistent performance and even start to make a little bit of headway out of groups, uh, they can probably start fighting Vietnam for that, like, fifth major region spot. But... I, it, right now, I definitely don't think they're able to uh, contend for that, but they're definitely the best minor region that there is. Um, I think else? that's probably true. Okay. I only... Uh, honestly, I only watched one FlyQuest game in the second week. Really? Yeah. I was, was like, oh. It was not the TES one, right? It absolutely... It was the top esports one, yeah. Oh, my that man, the one my man I, pick and chose wisely. I had to understand why they won that one, and then I did. It's because um, I Mark still understand why they won that one. Played Lux, and you see, the thing was that Ignar has a Blitzcrank, and yeah, apparently but... this was something that Top was not prepared for. <laughs> but it doesn't make because... any goddamn sense. You see, the thing is that Mark was like, "Oh, I'm in front of a turret." throwing out abilities, there's nothing that this Blitzcrank can do. In right. which Ignar replied, ho ho ho. Here's what, I, here's what I'm going to blame this one on. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's several different flaws in this game plan. Uh, Caitlyn doesn't have cleanse. Uh, uh, Lux, Lux support. Uh, she also had to bum rush Mikhail's because Caitlyn doesn't have cleanse. Mm-hmm. Galio mid lane, second item Zonia's. Uh... Graves, first items, Banshee's Veil AD, uh, and then Urgot takes a spellbook and never builds a death stance. Mm-hmm. How do you win this game when your AD carry is a sitting duck for 80% of the time? You see, the thing was that um, you really can't. You saw it affected throughout the entire gameplay. Like, there were moments where... Caitlyn just couldn't walk up to go farm because there might be like a blitz crank or something else there hiding in a bush. And it was just tragic because your best player, Jackie Love, just has to sit back and stand as far away from anything, like any CS that he could get until it actually comes to him underneath the turret or just hand delivered to him. Right. Because otherwise, all of a sudden there's a blitzcrank queue out of the bush. Yeah, woo, great. Nah. The thing <laughs> is, is that PoE almost flame horizon Knight. He's at 308 CS, Knight had 211. Mm-hmm. So it it's really hard to say that um Jackie Love was their was their like 
biggest deficit when the mid lane had just as big a deficit on a champion who's supposed to be an enabler. He's supposed to be able to protect his team and, like, make good engages, but they don't have anyone to engage him with. Mm -hmm. So, as much as zoning Jackie Love off a wave is kind of impactful, Jackie Love ended up farm in this game. So, it's Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to say that that was the deciding factor. Especially when there's so many other, like, inconsistencies with their players. Like, even Karsa didn't seem to have a strong lead over Lilia, even though he's playing a champion that people seem to think counters Lilia. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, that's just my take on Jackie Love being... Like, I think Jackie Love is a problem because of the team composition, not because of Jackie Love and his gameplay. I think that's I probably agree. true. <laughs> also, it would be as soon as you... JDD gaming can really contest objectives as well, because there's too many places where a Blitzcrank could be as well. Um, there was one time where uh, the highlight play of the match, where Ignar, literally on the last tick of his red sweeper around the dragon, uh, pulled an Ur- saw an Urgot and pulled him over the wall, and that clutched them another one. And, you know, wait, when... Wait, he almost died doing that! He almost died doing it, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and if he, he died doing it, you just lost a Blitzcrank. <laughs> it's done its job. It's done its job. Well, the job. thing is, is they lost Blitzcrank. Blitz Asher's is, gonna die. Also, Blitz's <laughs> job is not to die. <laughs> like, His no. job Blitz is to is, pull Squishy. Yes. Yeah, and he needs to be alive to do that. Like, if I'm in the start of a team fight as a support, and I'm like, you know, unless I die because I pulled their fucking, like, 20-kill AD carry, uh, and, like, the team engaged on me, then I feel like fine, whatever. But unless like I die in that scenario, or if I like hit a hook or don't hit a hook yet and I die, then I don't think I've done my job as a blitzcrank because I can't do my job as blitzcrank. <laughs> I'm dead. So mm-hmm. I don't. I think that read might be a bit off, Monty. But that's my view. What okay. do I know? I'm just the clash <laughs> support. No kidding. Also, um, what is it? Wild Turtle actually had a lead that game uh, because of well. Blitzcrank. <laughs> and because Wild got... Turtle is Wild Turtle. I feel like yeah, um, there was still... You no. fucking wish, bro. No. I know, right? No. I want to go back to those days. How's God. the old bot lane treating you on the new roster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You um, got what you wanted back one time. How'd that go? That seemed too mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, fair enough, actually. There's maybe only like one slight complaint I have about FlyQuest, which was besides the first week, which Solo was kind of going ha- going ham and then putting his team in a deficit and then coming back. Um, it's that sometimes it feels like they don't either Turtle's either still slightly out of position or they don't know how to position around Turtle. It's probably that they don't know how to position around Turtle. Um, because in some of their losses, you'll see the front line straight in front of him, and then he'll die because there's Nakali that's behind him, which is maybe not necessarily the team's fault, but also like something that has to be adjusted. Well, the problem is, is that you're only running two frontliners, so mm-hmm. you if you want to have a strong frontline, they both need to be in the front. That means you're mm-hmm. open to a flank in the back. If this game, if the game plan was to have three front or three tanks in it. 
you could have one peel for your AD carry, stand on them, and then two be the front line, but that's just not how the meta is right now. In fact, the meta is leaning more towards one frontliner and then one, like, bruisery kind of frontliner. That is an actual like, frontliner. Yeah, but this has kind of been consistently happening, which has been uh, irking me a little bit. Even in the game which, in which they beat Top Esports, uh, there was a couple Dragon Contests where um, Carsa was able to get to and kill Wild Turtle. Actually, I think that only happened once. Uh, I might be uh, misremembering that. But it was um, still a problem that I see with FlyQuest that I would like them to address. All right. Uh, we got to start moving because we're 45 minutes into the show and we're not even halfway through our topics. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> oh. Top and DRX before we uh, move on to talking about the Fixing NA Part 5. <laughs> The fifth installment, buddy. We're gonna go for right. the double three, Pete. Looking like Star Wars out here. Let's start with DRX. Um, I don't have high hopes for DRX. They definitely look um competitive, and I think that they can. I think they can definitely show up uh, against. Who, who are they playing? Uh, damn one. Uh, actually, never mind. Uh, they can't show up. Never against mind. <laughs> I know. I think they'll definitely be a little bit competitive. I think uh, they're one of the better teams at the tournament, but I think they playing against Damon's kind of going to screw them. Uh, they're showing here show that they can beat like worse teams than them, uh, but they just can't beat top. It's just like if they can't beat top, I don't think they can win this tournament. Uh, no, Damon. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> outside of outside of our future finals match, who can beat? Uh, but I think DRX is probably gonna, I mean, I think it's possible in a technical sense of the word that they beat Damwon, uh, but I'm not extremely confident. Uh, I think it would, I think it will probably be a good game though. I don't think it's going to be like an absurd stomp, but. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think Damwon are going to really run right through them. I th we'll, we'll see when we get to that part, but there we are. All right. So let's, anyone else got anything to say about DRX? No. Um. I'd still like Doran. Uh, I'm a little shaky on Caria. He has his moments, and then he also has other moments that are not as good. Uh, Fioshik, he's good. That's about it. Trophy's still a beast in the mid lane. He's good. That's about it. Goddamn. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, uh, not as memorable. Uh, I think I I'm looking forward to seeing Top in the knockout stage. I think they're going to just start clobbering people. I think they have only begun to show us what they can do. I feel like their ceiling is much is like it's much higher. What do you guys think? I completely agree. I think they're probably going to get to finals, except unless it's like a crazy upset or it turns out it's not that the ceiling is higher, but the floor is lower. Uh, <laughs> but that's unexpected, you know. So, mm -hmm. hey, Fnatic might get the best of them. You don't know. All right. Um. On to fixing North America. How do I hide these? There we go. Alright. So, North America has failed to get a team out of groups for the second year in a row. Now, what is the problem? And why is it not ping? I think it's ping. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everyone loves to poke at ping. I don't get it. Like, why do, why do people think the ping is the deciding factor here? Like, really? You think that because Korea has lower ping, they're just better than us? That's, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. The teams practice six to nine games a day 
on a low ping environment just like Korea, I don't understand why that has anything to do with their onstage performance. And it doesn't make sense to say it's the best of ones format either because that doesn't affect their practice their practice schedule. They would have this a similar scale of practice to uh, Korean or Chinese or European teams. So, like, like, what can it be besides that? I have no idea. Um, I would actually be pretty stumped about how to fix this as well. And I guess in its longevity, I think um, putting in uh, actual new people but actual new people you see the problem is that this won't actually fix anything in the short term but if we were to get actually able to fix anything in the long term if we just introduce um, new people for the sake of introducing new people we're no, not going to find i think he players. means introduce new better people yes or, or at least try to promote people? korea <laughs> how well you just make uh what we did with uh, oceania we make NA or Korean players an extension of NA, and then we just get teams <laughs> that are exclusively Korean, and then we can compete. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring back Alliance. Let's run those guys Five back. Come on. fucking head, Anthony. Five that was, fucking um, head. That was evil geniuses, just saying. Um, But at least using a method similar to what 100 Thieves is doing, uh, I believe there's still a couple other squads that do have B teams as well. I believe TSM I mean, has three TSM squads. I mean, TSM does that. Yeah, TSM has three tiers of squads that I know of. Uh, mm -hmm. C9, I know, very seriously looks at their B squad as a farm. I don't know if they have a third string after that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think the third string is like a requirement for this, though. I think even having well, the second string yeah. is... No, I think the third string is a requirement because it, it shows that you're willing to go above and beyond what the league requires because having a second team is required by the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I and, think if you do what C9 does with a second team, I don't think it necess necessitates another one, right? Because, like, I think what C9's doing is better than, it, obviously, I don't think, I'm not saying you would disagree with this, better than a team who treats the second string like literally a joke, doesn't take it seriously, or play, that was bad, but, like, I, I don't know, because, like, I don't think you need to go above and beyond the second string, because it's like, who's coming out of the TSM third string to get the, and, and, and what is it getting them, right? Is it getting them 06 at Worlds? Because, like, then what, like, is the third string that worth it? I like, mean, yeah, you got to came, Worlds, but, like... Who came out of 100 Thieves' third string this year? Um, it was idea. their support, and I believe Kenvi is going up to their B-Squad. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the support right now. I'm trying to look at their roster. Was it Potluck? Poom. Poom. It was Poom. Poom. Who did Potluck play for? Um, Immortals. Immortals. Oh, Immortals gotta blow that goddamn roster. <laughs> I'm just but remembering how bad that, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm hmm But that's not, this right. is not the, we've already talked about that. Yeah, I've, I've already, already pulled the plunger on that one. Uh. <laughs> Ripcord hours, boys. <laughs> okay. I think that adding a third string team doesn't hurt. No, I don't think it hurts, like but I don't think it's a requirement to be, like, serious. I mean, yes, but there's also amateur league tournaments that do happen at that level. Um, it would be nice if there was still a competitive scene with more people who are able to participate in it. At the, least the, if we have... Mm -hmm. The amateur league has been, like, 
steadily growing, like even just people's general interest in it. But what I I think I what I think the key to like fixing an A it has nothing to do with our own amateur our own amateur scene our own farm leagues. I think it has to do with us like embracing the idea that we are not going to find uh five players that can be top of their of the uh, top of the world in North America. We might find one. We might find two that can be on the roster from North America. But we're going to have to find players from Chinese solo queue, from Korean solo queue. Bring them over when they're still younger than 17 before they're eligible to play in the LCS. And begin training them uh, in the NA atmosphere and to be NA players before that. Now, I'm pretty sure if we do that, we would uh, they'd still have residency in Korea. So we'd run into issues there. But I think like you have to find these players before Korean or Chinese teams do because yeah, China has more money true. and Korea people just, if they were actually, if players have reached the point where they can be very serious about going for world titles, they're going to go to Korea if they're Korean. Like that's, yeah. that's just a fact. Or maybe China now, but maybe, I don't know. China's still guess... a bit of a money farm for a lot of uh, imports. It's fair. Like, like I think there are seven out of eight of the Chinese import slots filled. But I think only like three or two of them is, are Koreans. A lot of them mm. are uh, Taiwan or Vietnam. What if we started making amateur leagues? Well, amateur teams in other countries. Uh, That's some weird draft to bring it in. That doesn't solve anything. What does that do? Um, the only reason why would be... Only so that instead of them growing up in the environment within North America, that they would be in the competitive scene within... Well, well the point is to acclimate them to North America, not to... Yeah, so that when we need to get them under the main roster, we're not like, cool, you've trained in this other country for like... And now you're going to go join the Brazilian rosters. Like, I think the only place where that's viable is Australia. Because they don't have a league to compete in, so technically TSM can make a team to compete there. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense for them, but I, I think on the whole it probably wouldn't be very fruitful i well the, the thing is is who has the capital to support no no, no sorry sorry fruitful no. in this i think what monty is saying would be fruitful of making a bunch of amateur teams and other outside of just like the oceania one i meant the only reason why i would say that is because um there has been uh a consistent complaint that perhaps in it within like uh, north america that our practice is not as heavy as other people's and that like the way that people compete in solo queue is not the same that you would arrive at in uh, other countries as well right so if you were to have them grow within that environment where they are actually competing at that level then perhaps if they come back here we'd have um people who would have already been in that environment who already know what they're doing and at least to keep up that work ethic that's a very big conjecture, but it's still something that might happen. The other in problem, my mind, the other problem we're we're gonna have with getting people under seventeen is it will interfere with their education, which mm -hmm. is not something that uh, it's not something that I really expect a lot of players to be able to like forego just to be esports pros. Like, I, the. The whole reason why you do these kind of long-ranging farm leagues is because you're you're basically digging for gold, and you're gonna find a lot of a lot of not things that aren't gold. Mm -hmm. So you're just 
that means that those players are maybe going to hit Academy. Maybe. But they probably won't hit LCS for the most part. Some of them will, but it, it's hard to be that confident. So, no one else has any other things that we can do to change NA? No, uh, no arguments for f changing back to best of threes. Uh, no blow up TSM's roster I mean, after I they want, fucking won the split. I, want, I obviously want best of threes back, right? Uh, yeah, it's so much more fun. But, like, realistically, is that gonna, like, save us? Maybe. It might I help, but maybe not. Like, it's hard to tell. I don't know. I want a team which can consistently make macro plays at like a high level. TSM did. I, well. But I teams, think the, teams have done that in NA for years. The problem is, is that uh, on an individual level, they'll get outclassed, and their their like tiny advantage isn't good enough. No, like, it'll it'll be weird where it'll be like, oh, like yes, we still have this talented roster, but then like there'll be like a light communication that you wouldn't expect to see from like another team like top esports or something or there will be like a slight moment that's a little off that you wouldn't expect to see from some of these worlds teams and that's something that can't really be fixed by like just going oh um we have these five top level pros from north america that's something that has to be fixed by like going oh we have this one person who these three people who are the core of our team who have these great macro making decisions at one time and know what they're doing. It's really hard to make that squad in North America and it hasn't happened as yet. So here's my number one argument against all the people who say we need to just start making North American players like in the LCS, like just start fielding all NA teams. The last time that happened, it was Golden Guardians. And what happened was Golden Guardians got last place. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's exactly what they mean, though. Because, like, you know, typically they might mean, like, you know, some of the more top players from NA on a team. But Right, you but know. who who are those top players that are going to compete with Bjergsen, Impact, Jensen, Broxa... No, uh, I know. I'm not JJ. Saying, I was just saying that that might have been a slightly unfair example. But, yeah, I mean, I also don't think that that's the case. As in, I don't think it's the case that we ought to have all NA teams. Well, it just... I, I, I feel it could be great if we could have all NA teams if, if there were that many players available at that high level. It, it'd be wonderful. I, I do think a good starting spot is to probably restrict imports in academy like i don't understand why we're bringing imported players into academy like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me it like if it's supposed to be for 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 uh, growing talent and we're gonna bring people like i don't know who, who who was in there for a while i don't uh, someday someday we're sitting in academy just beating the fuck out of people like mm -hmm. What the hell? Someday was literally thrashing people by himself in Academy, and we're all just sitting here as if this is somehow okay. Someday should not be in Academy right now. I don't I don't understand why he was ever in an Academy roster. That just shouldn't be allowed. It'd be better I it'd be better for the league if he wasn't in Academy and wasn't on a team. Like I, it, it's just not good. 
to have to have pros like that in the academy. I, if Darshan isn't of a caliber to be able to play on a starting roster, I don't know why he's in academy either. Like I understand the whole argument of having veterans in, uh, in the game to help teach the newer players how to like do the system and like make the plays and follow the rotations and the lessons that you're learning, but there's a point at which you could just have someone standing next to them and doing that instead of having a player in the game doing that. Like, why can't you do that during scrims and then have on stage game days be a test for if they can do it by themselves? Because that's that's sort of the point. I, 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 I've begun to disagree with the idea that you should have veterans on the team in the game to help them because it seems to just be taking up a slot. But I know I used Darshan as an example, but I'm pretty sure Darkshawn himself is like trying to get back into the LCS. Whereas I'm sure mm-hmm. some of some of the players down there who have well, back when Piglet was down there, I doubt Piglet really gave a shit where he was going so long as he was getting paid. Where's mm. Piglet now? I think he's just back in Korea chilling. I disagree. I think Liquid. I think uh, Piglet probably wanted to be on the starting roster like all of the time and thought he deserved to be there, but that's a different conundrum pertaining to Piglet. Um, <clears throat> Piglet and Hooney were on the same roster? That was a disaster! Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, to the someday point, um, I believe that was when 100 Thieves was trying to figure out who their best mid laner was, whether they... And I well, think they were trying to make Soligo and someday work, and then they, I they think also Levi was there. Yeah. And it was just an awkward situation, which is why someday wound up in um, the league there. And I think it was Levi and Saligo uh, who were playing instead on the 100 Thieves starting roster. Yeah, too many slots spread too thin. Um, but I think that at the academy level, I don't think there's anyone who can really compete with someday, um, oh, at least at that time. Like, I think his closest competition was Kumo, and Kumo is now mm-hmm. in the LCS. Yep. Um, what's was Licorice? I don't remember if Licorice was there back in the day. He was, but he was. I think he started in the LCS before, his, either just as Sunday came into the league or before that. Okay. All right. It was, it was after Impact went to TL, Licorice came up. So twenty seventeen ish. No, 2018. 2018, I think, is when Licorice came into the LCS. And I think... Actually, wait. Someday... Someday, uh, Joy... He was in the league for two years before that. My bad. No, one year. Okay. One year. One year. Either way, we're getting a little bit off topic now. Are we? We want to move on to our next one. Alright, let's talk about uh, our predictions for the upcoming matches. We got... PES versus Fnatic. We got Sunning versus JDG. We got Gen.G versus G2 or Gamers 2 as I like to call them because it makes Ocelot cringe all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got Damwon Gaming versus DRX. Uh, so, we are almost unanimous in our conclusions on who the winner will be. Uh, sans me saying that JDG will beat out Sunning. Now, I think JDG are going to beat out Sunning in probably the closest series out of all of these series. I think this is going that to makes be... That sense. This is the tightest matchup out of anything. 
But I mm-hmm. I just think that Sunning got to play against much weaker teams uh, as compared to JDG. Uh, JDG had to contend with Damwon, and I think that if they had any other group, they would probably be out first, minus top. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm just... I'm just not sold on Sunning being the, uh, strong enough to take take down JDG or or almost anybody here to be honest. I think Sunning versus Fnatic in G two I might favor uh, those two instead. No. Hey Mott. What do you think? All right. Um. I did pick Sunning three two. Uh, the reason why is because JDG. Um. While they are in the same league, I do think Sunning has really uh, come into their own. Um, unfortunately, now I'm going to start doing that thing where I start talking about how the other team is probably going to beat them. Uh, because uh, what happened is that in the games in which JDG has lost, uh, Kanavi has been put behind, or it at least has been shown that um, he can be put behind pretty far in the early game. Um the problem is that I'm not sure if Sunning is the team that would capitalize on that. If they would be the one who would be able to invade and actually put Kanavi behind, or if they would adapt their plans to do so. I'm hoping they get a bit of competitive spirit and attempt to do it as well. Um, even Rogue was able to follow that strategy, even though they weren't able to make the macro decisions to follow up on it. And if you really target that player, you could get a couple of games off of JD Gaming. And uh, Sunning... Um, I do think that they have a lot of talent. I believe uh, their AD carry is pretty fresh, and I believe that they're just an underdog team that I really want to root for, and I believe they have uh, the makings of being a good team. I be- their one weak spot might at the same time be uh, one of their stronger points as well, which is their AD carry, which sometimes uh, his positioning might be like slightly off. But otherwise, uh, I... I'm really looking forward to a good series between these two teams. Matt? Um, sorry, I forgot I was pushed to talk for a sec. It'd be like that. Um, mm-hmm. We're still talking about... Sunning Sunning. I want to make sure... Okay, good. I did not dissociate for five minutes. Um, <laughs> Only five seconds. I also think that this is a close game and picked Sunning mostly just because they were number one. Uh, L-U-L um, but I do I mean I put it 3-2 because I do actually see this one going pretty fucking tight and like I think they're both good teams and I kind of just like guessed TBH but I wouldn't be like super surprised if uh, if either one wins this I do like you Anthony expect this to be a pretty good tight series I'm not saying good. I'm just saying it's gonna be the closest. I'm saying series. it. Well, listen. I'm close. Close is sometimes better. It's not always fun to watch a game and be like, "Oh yeah, there's gonna be three games, and I know who's gonna win them." So, like, all right. Let's talk about uh, top versus fanatic and why top is going to obliterate fanatic like it's nobody's fucking business. Matt gives fanatic one game. Why have you be? Why are you being a coward, Matt? And giving Fnatic one game. Why can't you Chad like me and Haymont? Uh, mostly and branding. Give him a zero. Branding is my brand at this point to never call a three zero. <laughs> um, no, it's because um, 
I don't expect Fnatic to completely roll over. I don't think they have a real chance at winning this series unless something goes like really right for them or really, really wrong for top. Um, I just think that it's probably not going to be a 3-0 because Fnatic isn't that bad comparatively. Like they're not the worst. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think... Fan- Fnatic's maybe like better than Fly and UOL too, and part of the dominance at top was like having Fly the... and UOL to beat up. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> obvious. Like I mean, you know, I don't think Fly is that bad, but I don't think that they're as good as Fnatic. And I think that we might see top not necessarily struggle, but maybe start losing a game or two, or mo- losing a couple more games just because of um, the caliber of com- uh, competition. Mm. Uh, I I just think Fnatic is going to be absolutely obliterated. I don't think they beat top in almost any aspect of their gameplay. I I I I think top is in for a really easy route to finals. Looking at the teams they had to play, so it, it, I think they'll easily three zero any of these teams in, in their way, barring whoever they face in the finals. Um, and even maybe then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have to, I have to agree with uh, Anthony. Um, uh, roll for roll, if you compare each of the mid laners, like Knight versus Nemesis, I absolutely think that Knight is the better pick overall. If you think about Jackie Love versus Reckless, of course I'm going to go with Jackie Love. He's been super consistent, and he's a world class top laner. He has won before. Mark versus Hillisang. Mark, I feel, is uh, also very great on his playmakers when he's not playing Lux. Don't do that again. Um, <laughs> Karsa oh, hi, <Mark>. and <laughs> do you not think Lux is a playmaker? Do you not think Luxol can make plays? It can it's try. not that. I just also think that it's very susceptible to a Nautilus Blitzcrank and there. good threshes. <laughs> Imagine playing a lane where Blitzcrank has two targets. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And um. I think the competitive role is uh, just the jungle between Karsa and Selfmade. I think they're both about equal. Um, I don't think one's particularly ahead of the other or behind the other. I think uh, the only diversity is between the picks that they're willing to do. Um, I think Selfmade's Evelyn is great and absolutely stunning. I think Karsa is just a fairly even on all of his picks. It's not as if you're going to take anything that's going to really surprise him. And that's just generally what I think about it. The top just comes ahead. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Genji versus G2 and why this is a rip EU. Mm-hmm. Matt, you want to start this one? No, but I will. Um, <laughs> I think Genji is performed extru- Genji. Genji. Fuck me, dude. I can't do this. I hate <laughs> Letters. You're the Gen like G words. stand here. Get it right. I don't like <laughs> letters or words or sounds, bro. I'm quitting language. I'm the dyslexic <laughs> one in this group chat. Yeah, and this isn't a problem about reading. It's a problem about speaking <laughs> and pronunciation. Um, listen, I think NG has been playing really, really well so far in the tournament. Of course, uh, I think uh, their group was not the easiest either. Uh, with one notable North American exception. Um, and I think that 
get uh <laughs> every time I go to say it now. This team I think is gonna be G2. G2 obviously a very <laughs> good team, obviously is the potential to win it. Uh, but I just think that uh, Gen G has been playing uh, a more consistent, uh, better, and sort of a lot of different levels, right? Personally, mm. what do I you just, think? I think Gen G save me from fucking up every word in every one of those sentences. I think Gen G are just straight better than G two. I think G two has some good qualities to their team, but I don't think they have enough to keep up with like, I don't basically any of the Korean or the Chinese teams coming out here. I think. They're probably the second worst team out of this top eight. Uh, there's no way that they get they uh, go on. It is just it, that's it. That, that it, it's th- there's no hope for EU after this. I I think I think G two are out of gas. I think they don't have anything else special, and anything else special they pull out is gonna suck. Hey, Mont, what you think? I think. This is probably going to be determined by the first game of the series, and it really depends on which version of G2 shows up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, they were actually able to take a game off Genji. That's kind of expected. But if they show up in their first game and they actually look competitive, then I'm looking forward to it being a series that could be an upset. Um, but if it just turns out to be a stomp in the first game, I don't imagine that they'd be able to continue going that's just uh how i feel about them like historically that's kind of what they've done this split it's shown up in uh, uh in eu when they lost to mad lions and then proceeded to beat them afterwards it's just um their performance on the day when they show up to the series I do think that Genji overall is still the better team uh, because hands down, Ruler's always a stable carry. You'd have to make plans to uh, put him behind. There's only been one time um, that I do remember where Fnatic uh, just hard camped bot lane or got a lead bot lane and you can see how heavily it affects Genji. But I don't think that uh, Perks is really the AD carry that's going to make that um, go too badly. Maybe if Mickey X and Yankos can affect that lane, then uh, Genji's uh, going to struggle throughout the series. But like I said, if they execute on that in the first game, I'll be hopeful. If they don't execute on that, then it's just Genji favored. All right. Uh, let's move on talking about uh, Damwon versus DRX. Now, mm-hmm. you two seem to think this is going to be a much closer series than I do. By one game. <laughs> Hey, Ma. What do you mean much closer? It's a one-game difference. Hey, Ma, why do you think this game is going to be a 3-2 versus a 3-1? Why do they have that much more of an edge? I want to say, one, because I just want to see Doran show up. This is the team that's pulled out uh, the cannon. We did see him out in that insane flank in uh, one of his games. That happened in Group D. Don't ask me to pick out which one i can't pick remember. it out can you pick it out please <laughs> um don't ask me to not ask you things <laughs> um it was clearly them versus c9 uh anyhow um Dag. <laughs> um it's him versus nogari we're gonna see some interesting picks in the top lane then nogari being the one who uh debuted the lulu at worlds uh, you know it's just going to be an exciting series. Um, the only place that I can 
actually, I should say there might be a couple of places. The biggest discrepancy by far is probably going to be the jungle. I think even though Pioshik is a good jungler, I think that Clid, um, actually, let me correct that. I think that Canyon has just gapped most of the junglers that he's faced against. That's just, just a fact there. Like, it's not even knocking him. And that's kind of insane to see. Chovy and Showmaker, they're both great mid laners. Uh, they're practically equal. Some of them have uh, Showmaker's a bit more favored towards the Assassins. That's about it. Um, and I think I favor Ghost and Barrel over um, uh, Deft and Caria. I think is a bit unstable and still a bit too rough and new. All right. Uh, Why do you think it's going to be a three-one? A massive difference, of course, from a three-two. Oh, a I whole think, entire one thirty-minute game. I think DRX is going to barely win that game. I think they're going to either cheese it out with some crazy kind of backdoor thing, or get one lucky team fight that goes their way in in the mid game. I I don't think they're going to win that game by raw control. But I think Damwon are going to win every single game they win by absolutely obliterating DRX. I, I don't think this is going to be all that close. I think I, I think this entire quarterfinals is going to be full of blowouts minus uh, SN and JDG. Uh, and, like, th- this is just sort of exemplary of that. Like, DRX should be a team that can take it to Damwon. And from what I've seen, I don't think they can do it. And I, I think that Damwon are, like, top going to just fly right through to finals without having much resistance and it just won't even it won't even be hard it'll be so unentertaining to me watching like the first the quarters and semis that it, it it's just gonna it's gonna suck i'm gonna hate watching these next two weeks it's fair enough but i'd love to be proven wrong because I don't know. Good League of Legends is hard to come by these days. Oh yes, especially oh, absolutely. Clash games. Don't remind <laughs> me. Don't remind me. Especially in our Clash games. Okay, Matt, what's your take on Damwon versus DRX before we close out the show? Well, obviously, I think Damwon's a better team, but I don't think DRX is trash. Um. I mean, in hindsight, that's kind of dumb because I just said that top might prove a little less good because of an easy group and DRX basically benefited from the same two uh, other easy teams. So maybe that was foolish in hindsight because I am, of course, nothing if not a fool. Um, But I digress. Um, I could see DRX taking a game or two. I don't think it'll be clean. Uh, but I can see, I, I don't know, I'm just too used to dumb shit happening in this fucking game in competitive environments. <laughs> I'm just too used to dumb shit for me to ever feel comfortable. Hey, really TL has con- only beaten IG once. Okay, I... <sighs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and IG proceeded to not be here. Yep. Don't know where they are. Where's FPX, man? Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm too used to weird shit happening, so I kind of like to call them close, because I'm never fucking sure anything good is ever gonna happen in these games, and it's just gonna be a fucking dumbass infest for a while. Um, so I'm basically hedging, uh, and also being an idiot. So, we'll see how that plays out for me in the, as a long-term strategy. 
All right, we're out of topics this week. Do you want to take us home? Yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week on Legendary League of Legends Podcast. You can catch us back on our normal nights on Mondays for the next two weeks, three weeks. We'll figure it out eventually. I don't know how many more shows we have. Uh, you catch us live on Twitch.tv slash Ninja 2K11 uh, at 8 p.m. on Mondays. Uh, VODs on my YouTube channel, Legendary Podcast, Audio Podcast at anchor.fm slash L-O-O-L-P or wherever you get your podcast. Tell me if you need somewhere special. Uh, otherwise, you can use the RSS thing. Uh, other than that, have a nice day. Yep. Good night.